Hi, this is Jay of the Dead, and you're listening to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Uh, yeah, bud? Yeah, fuck it. Do it now. Do it. Go ahead. Do it again. Yeah? Yeah, bud. 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 Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, and break down horror movies, not horror films. We are welcoming you to our second leg of this journey. We are trucking down the road, and we're almost there. We're almost there. With me in the Winnebago for this road trip, of course, is Mr. T-Bizzle, Mr. T-Boo, the herbal enchanter himself, Hogzilla. What's up, buddy? Boss Tuna, I am raising the roof, my dude. Tonight, I'm raising this Winnebago roof. Tonight, we're going to talk about two delicious movies. All right? I'm ready to be at this sumptuous feast. I want to live deliciously. And we shall. We shall. I think we've got some, some something really fucking fun uh, in store for the listeners here. And um, <laughs> I want everyone to go back. If you haven't, if you, this is your first time listening to the Joe Blow Horror Show, Go back and check out the first leg of the tour, all right? Or of the tour, of the road trip. I feel like I'm in a band. We're, we're fucking rocking and rolling. That's why. Because yeah, we're on our way to the rolling. fucking drive-in. Yeah, dude. We're going to see these fucking flicks. It's going to be fucking sweet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back in the garage. Still cold as hell. Still cold as hell. Hugging <laughs> Can see my breath still. Yes, sir. Thanks. Mo ghost dick. Yeah, ghost weenies. Wieners. <laughs> Wiener, wiener. Dude, hold on. All right. I want to talk about these movies. I want to get to the drive-in. But before we get there, I got to stop off for a pint. Yeah, absolutely. We need to stop in for a quick pint. Yeah, we can see the drive-in in the distance. And we are not going to go in empty-handed. We are going to stop in. For a pint, as Tibu said, at our favorite pub, the Winchester. All right, gay. I'm not staying there, though. So, what's the plan? Right. Take on. Go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Well... This is this is interesting. I've never been here, so this is the first time for me. But I, I got to tell you, I like I like the atmosphere. There's a there's a is that a gun up there above the bar? It is, yeah. And there's a killer old jukebox in the corner. I love it. I wonder if they've got my favorite fucking tunes. You got change? Um, yeah, yeah. Let me 
Yep, got some change here. There you go. I'm gonna see if I can find one of my favorite songs. Um, go ahead and order something. I'll be right, All right. back. I heard that they have my favorite beer on tap. One of my favorites. I feel weird stopping in and not just getting a regular pint of beer. We're drinking this fancy shit, but they do have that Saw Wayne on tap. So I am gonna have that again. I'm gonna have that blood orange IPA that is on tap. Bartender, do me up one, please. Thank you. And they did have what I wanted. They have exactly what I wanted on the fucking jukebox. Oh shit. He's pouring that thing thick and heavy. Bruh. Does it be? I want to know. After that head fucking foams down, does it be? Let's see. Take a sip. It's frothy, I know. Oh, that orange comes through so good. Wow. There it is. That's that's uh that's a top fiver for Joe Blow, I think. I hope they don't mind, but I snuck in I snuck in my own flask. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm of age, but I'm cheap. I just spent your change on a jukebox, so there you go. That's uh, right. I, I got I, I got some whiskey, but I also have the tried and true, the fucking voodoo ranger. That's me. I'm the voodoo, voodoo ranger. You voodoo bitch. <laughs> we do that voodoo that you do over here at the, at the Joe Blow Horror Show. This is a new Belgium IPA. That's a style. I don't know what that means. New Belgium. New, not old Belgium. This ain't old. This is this is not your daddy's fucking Belgium IPA. All well, right. New Belgium is the brewery, so <laughs> is it really? Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure, it. right? I guess it is, isn't it? New Belgium is the brewery. Uh, <laughs> a rare blend of choice hops creates an explosion of fresh-cut pine and citrus flavors for a complex, rich, and delicious finish. I don't disagree, and it is brewed and bottled by New Belgium oh, in, wow. Fort, in Fort Collins, Colorado, North Carolina. So they got two brewing companies out there. I, I, I've talked about this on the show plenty. I, I love this. I love this beer, man. But I hope they don't mind that I'm sipping the whiskey here. I'm just waiting for. No, it's it's normal. I mean, we're we're in an old school over. British pub here. Whiskey is 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 it's it's normalcy. So, but uh, there's some moaning and groaning I can hear at the back door. So I kind of want to get out of here before some shit goes down. I don't know. I don't know. What are all those alley trumps doing? Or? Trying to fucking like bust in this place. Yeah. I mean, I just hear a uh, 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 <laughs> right, let's get out of here. Let's 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 head into the drive-in. A young girl feels her soul awakened to the call of emotions she cannot name. This is the Twilight World, where half-forgotten memories of childhood lead into a fantastic realm. Was it a wolf or a man you killed? When I killed it, it was a wolf. It turned into a man. Here, dreams become reality, and our darkest fantasies come true. The worst kind of wolves are hairy on the inside, and when they bite you, they drag you with them to hell. Ah! Oh! Where are you going? Where are you going? My daughter! She ran away! 
They say the Prince of Darkness is a gentleman. Gentlemen always keep their promises. What have you done with my granddaughter? Nothing she didn't want. <laughs> The Company of Wolves, where fairy tales end and nightmares begin. The Company of Wolves. Okay, so our first movie in our double bill is The Company of Wolves. This is a 1984. Uh, this movie was picked by Mr. T. Bizzle, T. Boo, uh, The Company of Wolves. Do you want to give us a quick 30 second? Why did you pick this movie? Um, I love werewolves. I love folktale. I love fairy tales. And this movie has all that. Yeah, that's pretty much why I picked it. The first time I ever saw this movie uh, was a few years ago. Honestly, this is not a movie I grew up with. I saw this for the first time and was just wowed. Like how... How does no one talk about this movie? No one. You're right. Nobody does talk about it because I've never heard of it until you mentioned it. Yeah, dude, no one talks about it. And I'm flabbergasted if I can, if I dare to use that word, I'm flabbergasted that no one talks about this film. Well, let's flabber your gas a bit more here. And guess what this got on the B? This to me, and I did not look this up, Seems like it would be a critical hit, um, but the B is audience. But I'm gonna say six point four on the B. Close, close, six point seven. Nice. What about Rotten Tomatoes critic score percentage? Uh, ninety-three percent. Eighty percent. Oh, okay. All right. So well, back in 1984, what do we think this got for a budget? Man, so Gremlins came out the same year. I'm trying to gauge it on that because there's some special effects in this movie, some awesome fucking either stages or on on location shooting. I don't know, but um, I'm gonna say 84. Man, I want to go as high as like five million. Two million dollars. Oh, they I think they did a lot with two million dollars. Yeah, for sure. Box office, what do you guess? Low domestic. Low fucking five million. Close four point three eight nine. So this is rated R coming in at 95 minutes. This is directed by Neil Jordan, which mm-hmm. probably some people should know him. So Hell he yeah. did interview with the vampire. He did Byzantium, which is another one I saw, which is pretty good. And then he very recently did Greta, which is one we Mm -hmm. talked about um, from 2019, I believe it was. So this was written and directed by Neil Jordan. It was also written by Angela Carter. And this is starring Sarah Patterson as Rosaline, Angela Lansbury. Yeah, it's weird because she she was only 12 years old doing this, but she was fantastic. Um, I thought I thought she was excellent for, for a child actor, 12 years old. Thank you. Very, very good, very good. Angela Lansbury, everybody knows Angela Lansbury. 
Murder, she wrote. Branley. Yes. She's got a lot of acting credits on there, but she'll always and only forever be known. Uh, for <laughs> David Warner played father. And he was in, okay, get this. David Warner played father. Teenage now, Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to run you through some of them. Straw Dogs, the original. The Omen. Waxwork. Body Bags. In the Mouth of Madness. Ice Cream Man, Scream 2, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Does that guy have a fucking repertoire of film credits? He is an amazing fucking actor. Yeah. Yeah. Stud. And lastly, Stephen Ray. I believe that's how it's pronounced. R-E-A. He wasn't in this for very often, but he was a young groom that was in a couple of the different stories. But he's a very... I recognized him, but I'm looking through his credits, and I'm like, God, I... I feel like he's in more than he was, but he was in interview with the vampire fear.com and Greta. So a little trivia with this. I thought this one, this one caught my eye and there's a reason this one is first. Stanley Kubrick is a film of this or is a fan of this movie. And he was so impressed with the production design that he hired Anton first for his next movie, which would be full metal jacket. I didn't know that Kubrick was a fucking fan, man. He was wow. a fan. He was a fan. Nice. He was he liked the movie, but he more more so enjoyed the production uh, design with everything, which which is got to be the cornerstone on which this is built. That the production design on this was fantastic. Yes. Most of the wolves, quote unquote, in this were actually Belgian shepherds with uh, dyed fur only two real wolves were used and they were supposedly snipers on set just in case the animal trainer the guy in charge basically said hey um if the wolves attack the girl with your second shot make sure you shoot me because i won't be able to live with myself so not sure if that was a little bit exaggerated or whatnot but anytime you've got wild animals on set with kids it's probably a little bit nerve-wracking so um, that's what i got with the uh trivia anything you want to add before we hop into this hot jam uh no dude no i i didn't look up anything i only saw this a few years ago and i i adore this movie so that's why i picked it um grindhouse zombie wanted us to pick some movies that we really adored that might have been under the radar and you know what? This is the one for me. 1984's The Company of Wolves. Let's, let's fucking sink our teeth into this shit. The first section of this movie, I'm going to do this The Shining style. All right, everybody? We've got a Love dream it. on the run. The film opens with a German shepherd running through the woods, coming upon an elegant house. It's like a, I don't know. Not a mansion, but man, it's fucking beautiful. And this elegant, well-spoken family is arriving home, just as the just as the dog does. So, so the camera is going back and forth between between the dog and the older sister, who's told by her parents to go upstairs and check on her her younger sibling. That's little Rosaline, and the older sister is such a bitch because she keeps calling her a pest, a pest. And, and she's ill. The, the, the pest is ill and going into a deep sleep. Right as the older sister's like 
banging on her door, just knocking and taunting her and calling her a pest and just being ugly, ugly as all get out. And Rosaline falls into a nightmare. Shadows engulf her room, a breeze blowing in from the open window, and then running through the treacherous dark woods in this dreamscape. That's where she finds herself amongst horrifying visions of toys from their house. Like this shit, where all the toys in her bedroom are these giant puppets that are alive and trying to grab her. That that was like, when you see it, it, it sounds stupid when I'm saying it but I think when you're seeing it, it it's it's way more I felt intense and 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 troubling um so I when I was writing down my notes on this I was writing down notes I was like all right well I see where South Park got their Christmas critters uh <laughs> I mean because yeah you got furries running around you got like Christmas critters in the forest well, that, that 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 comes back into what is that animal throughout the whole movie that's like always popping up and going I, I, like a little a little ferret or mongoose or something yeah something yeah so in in this nightmare world um there there's horrifying visions of toys from their house rat infested doll houses uh rusted over pipe organs and giant mushrooms so there's like an Alice in Wonderland kind of feel coming off of this this opening scene. And she's being chased by a pack of red-eyed wolves that finally surround her while she screams and goes to a no-doubt grisly fate. Um, that this, this entire opening, when I first saw it and upon rewatch, I'm immediately hooked. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is... I'm questioning the movie. Like, what are you showing me? So I was a little bit lost. And with the first, I would say like half hour of the movie, I was kind of lost and confused what was going on because I didn't know at first that this was like a dream sequence kind of flashback thing. And I was, this movie is very story within a story within a story. Um, You, you, you get, you get the opening, which is the, the, the surface um, with the, the family coming home, the dog going upstairs, the sister going upstairs to, to call her younger sibling. Quote unquote best. present day. Yeah, present day. And then you go into the dreamscape and then you go into the deeper dream, which has folktales in it. It's it. Yes, it's very story in a story in a story. It, it's it, it can be confusing, but. Once you know that and you watch it, 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 it's easier to digest. I think that's, that's a big reason why this probably failed at the box office hard. Because otherwise, beside, to me, besides the odd placement of how this story plays out, like besides the odd story structure, if you're not, I don't know, to me, if you can watch Pulp Fiction, you can watch Company of Wolves and, 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 it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but um, I could see how this would be a, a, a problem for some viewers, uh, especially if it's the first time watch and you don't know, um, which I probably threw Boss Tuna right into. He's probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this shit that, that Tibu has picked? <laughs> the call of nature. 
It's dawn now. A funeral is taking place for a girl who has been ravaged by wolves. And as the Reverend speaks at the burial plot, the older sister is lowered into the ground after being given a kiss in her wooden coffin. And one of the village boys makes a face at the bereft Rosaline, her younger sister. That's that's the, like the young, you know, blossoming romance, I guess. Yep. That you're presented with in this movie. I didn't take that as such the first or, or second time watching this movie. I thought it was kind of weird, but, you know. Rosaline is taken home by uh, Angela Lansbury, <laughs> who departs some words of wisdom to the child. She explains that the woods are full of dark beasts that will pounce at a moment's notice. And she instructs that the young girl should never stray from the path, never eat a windfall apple, and never trust a man whose eyebrows meet, meet in the middle. In the middle, yes. So any fucking guy out there with a unibrow, if you watching this, you're fucking uh, you're a werewolf. You're a werewolf. You're yeah. goddamn werewolf. You are a fucking beast of. Might the, not the know it, but you are of the night, ready to pounce. Yeah, <laughs> like what? What a way to just like, hey, wonder why some people have unibrows, some don't. Let's let's make a story about them. This this is like makes more sense than anything I've ever heard. I wish I wish we were talking to um, Vic Waitley and Marcus D from Talking with Shadows right now because they know the folktale origin of this of whatever the uh, the unibrow is. They know they know that shit. But I, I, folktale I, origin is right in our face, and that's that's a fucking uh, telltale uh, werewolf. Well, it could be, but I think this movie's like I said. Things go over my head. I think this movie does, or at least the details of it. Um, you have your Red Riding Hood thing going on in, in this film, but that, yeah, that, that's that's towards that's in the second half. What's well, throughout? Um, she she mentions the grandmother mentions wool and knitting in this scene, right? But it, you don't get the heavy handed. No, 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 no. Probably yeah. third act. Uh. If you're not versed, yes, in fairy yep. tales. But but when she gave her the red shawl, I was like, okay, yep, yep. I see what this movie is going to become, even on first time watch. But Mark, but those got talking with shadows. They, they they're they're experts on this shit. But so that night, uh, Grandma Lansbury tells the girl, uh, Rosaline, that the wolves, they're not always what they seem to be. Uh, the wolf that ate her sister was hairy on the outside, so she went straight to heaven. But wolves that are hairy on the inside will drag you straight to hell. See, like that quote right there, like, what does that mean? You gotta mm -hmm. think about it. And yeah. I don't come to a conclusion other than what the movie shows me, because right then and there, uh, Lansbury is recounting an old folktale about a village woman who married a traveling man. Well, I and think that I mean, are are you getting to the point of what that means, or are you leaving that up for interpretation? Um, no, I, 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 I can't. Well, I think what she meant by Harry on the outside, you're a real wolf. Harry on the inside, you're a werewolf. <laughs> right? It uh, literally yes, according to the film. Again, yeah. I think there's, I, I, I think they're saying. 
I don't know what they're saying. That's the thing. I don't know what they're trying to tell you me. You think there's there's some undertones in there that they're trying yeah. To- oh, okay, definitely. Yeah, throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. So, so Angela Carter, the other writer for this, she really doesn't have any other credits besides this movie, but she's written a. I want to say it was like a series of. I don't know. I don't, maybe it was children books. I should have done more research, but she's, she's the main werewolf writer in this whole thing. So she this might this be like a folklore story. Yeah. This is based off of her story, I believe, but it's also, so it's also based off of an interpretation of, Oh, I should have wrote his name down. Uh, the French guy that's basically written a ton of fairy tales that we know of. Um, I'll look it up as you're talking, but she basically kind of took one of his stories and ran with it, but it's based off of one of her short stories. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that's what I was going to say. She's probably like a folklorist or, or like me, an amateur folklorist at at the very least more than me. She's got a fucking film made after one of her stories, but, um, I enjoy folk tales and fairy tales, but I, I'm not an expert. I don't know how to tie them all together. I'm not that well versed, let's say. Um, but uh, the the night of the village woman's wedding, her her husband, he, he he well, she finds a hedgehog under her pillow and says it's a joke that her little brother is playing on her. And um, before they can consummate their marriage. Her, her new husband, the traveling man, he steps on the hedgehog and throws it out into the yard, but there he's like ensnared by the moon. His eyes change and he tells his new bride that he's got to step out for a moment. And when she asks why, he says, the call of nature. So she waits all night and come the morning when they have a search party go out, they think that he's been killed by wolves. They find like paw prints and blood or whatever. Uh, and she says, she says, while he's making water, <laughs> the most vulnerable a man is, <laughs> like he's taking a piss. <laughs> so not long after this, she remarries and she's got like a few kids for this new dude. But after some time on a cold winter's night, her believed to be dead husband returns and he is shocking her. Shovels. Long his hair. hair is grown out. He's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And he's enraged to find these kids that are not his own. They're not from his loins. And he tr- transforms into a werewolf, man. He's ripping his own skin off. You can see them. Gotta muscle. say, this is one of I what you said before. The the fact that this movie is not talked about kind of surprised me. Whether you like it or or don't like it. I think that this needs to be in the conversation of having one of the best transformations, this at least of its time. Fucking crazy! It was awesome. It's of its time, it, dude. This is still awesome. This is oh, it is. It's a blood wolf, all right. It's a muscle blood wolf. It's it's it's. Look, okay. Do the eyes look kind of fucking goofy? Yes, they do. But. It's practical effects. I mean, I, I you know how I sound on practical effects. I loved it. Honestly, this is one of the things that that will stick with me for this movie. When I think about this movie years from now, I'll think about this transformation scene. Yep, yep, yep. A hundred percent agree. This is the thing that I continue to think about 
is the the fuck he rips the skin off and the wolf snout pops out and it he is just awesome and the new husband <laughs> the new husband he comes in before the wolf can do any damage and decapitates it and it the, the head flies into a what looks to me like a the fucking of milk yeah it's like a well i was gonna say cauldron but yeah, bucket. Yeah, of milk. I mean, it's a wooden bucket of milk from you know one of the cows or sheep or whatever. Yeah, watching this on my phone. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, and then she goes up to the fucking floating head in it. And it's a man again, not a wolf. It's her husband, her old her ex husband. It was a pretty good scene because the head gets lopped off as it's in the wolf form, but it's not fully wolf because I don't think it's got hair and stuff yet. But it does right at the last second or at yeah. the last second. Yeah. But it's, it's like underneath the, it's like bobbing up and down in the bucket and then it bobs up and it's, Oh my God, it's his real head. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. She, she tells her, her new husband, he looks exactly the same as the day I married him and he fucking slaps the shit out of her. <laughs> and that's how that folktale ends. So I did look up that, writer his name is charles peralt you'd know him he wrote cinderella maleficent sleeping beauty so he's pretty pretty popular he's got a lot of stories that have been interpreted and yeah once the bloom is gone the beast comes out after her tale granny lansbury wants a kiss from rosaline for her story I thought this was a pretty awkward scene. I I was waiting for that to go somewhere. Like I was expecting granny to turn into a friggin' werewolf or something. Did that scene not not, seem, I'm not going to lie. Even on the second watch, I was waiting for something to happen. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that was a weird scene. Like I'm wondering what was the meaning of it? What's going on here? I don't know. I, I, yeah, it was, can't lie. I agree. It's awkward. (laughs) That's it. And then the next day, they are they're venturing out into the woods they're they're going back to the village because again rosaline just lost her sister to the wolves in this nightmare scape and back home with her mother and father they're having supper they're mourning the absence of her sister they're complaining about having too much food which is weird and uh well the next day this the uh rosaline goes back to the village and that young that young boy that was uh What's his name? I don't even know his name. The character, the boy, the the the, the, the love interest, yeah, the amorous whatever. So that's one thing with this movie is Rosaline. I think is the only character that had an actual name. Everyone else was Granny, Mother, Father, and amorous. You they did you notice they didn't even name her Rosaline until later into the film? Well, yeah, because I mean, he, I think the boy is the one that was like Rosaline, Rosaline. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know her name until later into the movie. But yeah, so uh, he he she goes to the town well and splashes him with some fucking water, and they they chase each other. And that night, her parents are making love, and this leads to a conversation between her and her mother uh, about like you know, was that Daddy hurting you? Yeah, and she's like, I, I was kind of yeah. The, again, going back to like Land Before Time, dude. It feels like this movie. It, it this movie almost feels like because fairy tales were for kids, but they were dark back then. 
back in the day. They were fucked right. up. And we're talking 1984 too. So there's, it, it's different. It, well, it's different. I would well, still, I would say today still, there's plenty of cartoons and movies that have, I would say innuendos for parents, but yeah, you're yeah. right. It, it was darker back then for sure. For sure. And fairy tales even before then were dark. Even before now, like Cinderella was a dark fairy tale when it was written. Like it wasn't. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, let, look at look at London bridges are falling down. I mean, that's about the war of bridges getting blown up. Ring around the Rosie, that's about the plague, and you know you <laughs> get the 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 plague, which is the blemish and the ring around it, and you're fucking dead. I mean, there's it, <laughs> there's there's plenty of dark overtones and undertones with with all of these interpretations. When Rosaline's asking her mom about about basically sex and how men can be, she's juxtapose juxtaposing the grandmother by saying that, you know, uh, if there's a beast in men, then it meets its match in women too. Yes, and, that was that was pretty cool. I thought that was a good line from the mom. Fuck yeah, and she's presented with uh, flowers from the village boy after this, and he's like, "Will you go on a walk with me, Rosaline?" You know, he's he he's trying, man. And and there's there's a sort of strange he was a, he was a homely looking kid too. Tell you what. I think his family was poor. Later in the film, you see his dad's teeth. They're they're yeah. fucked up. Yeah, there they're there might be up. one set of teeth between that whole family. <laughs> That's what you get for messing around. Don't mess around, motherfuckers. There's an odd dream sequence right here where uh, Angela Lansbury is telling her her little granddaughter Rosaline a story at the, the fucking churchyard, and she's she's telling her that that priests that have bastard sons meet the devil in the woods, and you see this scene of the devil the devil the devil driving up in a fucking Rolls Royce. That was yeah, that was pretty cool. And so, he gives this young guy an elixir that allows him to grow hair on his chest but then he gets ensnared by vines little evil dead action right there huh yeah yeah bud dude how about okay so so i doing my research with this movie i'm sitting there looking up angela lansbury i'm like god when did she die had to have been a long time ago she's still alive dude what she was she was old and a grandma in this movie 37 years ago and she's no. still alive. Wait, how old is she? Um, she's in her nineties for show. I'll tell you exactly how old she is here. In a we hot, just lost, we just lost fucking Betty, Betty White. White, dude. Yeah, and, and and Angela Lansbury is still alive. How long has Betty White been a grandma? Like, no, for real, because she was on the Golden Girls, and that was in the nineties, and they were all old then right like dude yeah betty white was 99 yeah she was nine how old angela lansbury has to be 104 no angela lansbury was born in 1925 so that means she's she's 93 four well october so she'll be 94 in uh or 93 in october Wow. Oh, snap. Reminds me. Oh, God. Who was it? One of the actors in this. Oh, was it David Warner? Now I got to check. One of the actors in this movie was born on Halloween day. I was like, dude, 
Let's find out. No, nope, it's not David Warner. Was it Stephen Ray? <laughs> Possibly. Stephen Ray, was it you? Yeah, bud. Stephen Ray, October 31st, 1946. Damn. You need to get some more fucking horror cred under you being born on Halloween. <laughs> Definitely. At this point, when, when whenever whenever Homeboy gets entangled in like the vines, the present day Rosaline in her bed, and you get you get Started shots orgasming. of her. No, she's twelve. Stop it. Okay, uh, well, okay, yes, we'll we'll talk about that when it gets to that. But there was the yes, other thing with this movie too was feminine. They, they yeah. were wanting to cast an eighteen-year-old because this movie was supposed to have a lot more sexual overtones, which. They casted a 12-year-old, and they still kept a lot of those sexual overtones. I mean, she's kissing this boy, and she's 12. She doesn't look like she's 12, and she's doing things that is not normal for a 12-year-old. But again, that's a product of the times. I mean, we're, we're talking 37 years ago. Things were different. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and 30 years before that, people were marrying their first cousins, and it was fine. So... Oh, yeah. I mean, when women got their period, when they're 12 years old, technically they're old enough to bear children. That's when you were getting married. It's fucking yeah. weird when you think about it now. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> I could not imagine. I, I always tell my wife, I was like, my daughter is going to be chained to the basement until she's 30. And then <laughs> her, her, she can start dating and they're going to live in my backyard. Yep. Fuck that. Put them in the doghouse. Yep. So Granny finally finishes, you know, her the, the, the little shawl, the blood red shawl. Oh, that beer is so good. The hood. Oh yeah. Mine too. <laughs> Couillon. Couillon, Couillon, you with your Sam Hain. <laughs> and after Sunday services, that young amorous boy and Rosaline walk off into the woods. That's when you see the dad is like, that's my boy, and his teeth look like they're about to to fucking just like burst in the dust. Oh, oh they're bad. They're so Dad's bad. hustling back to the wooden shack to cook up some more meth, and his boy's going on a walk. He got the meth teeth. So the the young boy he tries to get a kiss, and she rejects him at first. Rosaline does, but she kisses him, and then a game of chase ensues deep into the foggy forest. And she Rosaline finds herself by a tree, and she starts to. Climb climb it she climbs to the top and finds a mirror in a bird's nest and uh, a catches and reveals a little statue after applying some blood red like lip balm one of the eggs oh, oh i just said that it hatches <laughs> sorry and uh, the young boy finds a cow that's like been gutted and disseminated like everywhere well, across the field. The eggs hatch. We can't. We we got to talk about what's inside the eggs because that was that was fucking weird. It was like a little clay statue but of a fetus. It, yeah, yeah. That that's it. She's gonna bring it to to them in a minute. Right after the boy finds the cow, and he he goes back to the village crying wolf. That's that's one of the. The other tie-ins right there. Wolf, wolf. And they beat his ass. And <laughs> but then they then they believe him. But then she shows up. But, yeah, Rosaline shows up. And, and yeah, she's got the, the little statue of a of a of a baby that she found in the egg. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a fetus. 
And so what is the movie saying all right here with the blood red shawl and the fetus and the egg and the climbing of the tree? It, to me, it seems like the movie is trying to say a lot yeah. that I'm not. I know there's things to put together, but I don't know how to put them together yet. Like is, is, is for womanhood is having your period and, and you're climbing to the, the pinnacle, which is to give birth or like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not saying that women are just here to give birth. Don't take me for that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to see the images and relate them to something metaphorical that the movie is saying about womanhood because the whole movie is talking about womanhood. there's the there's whole. a lot of symbolism with this and there's a lot i mean i don't know a lot about it's in the dialogue or in fairy tales that. but there's a lot that's going on there's multiple fairy tales that are being depicted but you're right there's a lot there's a lot other there's, there's a lot else going on for sure yeah and I, I I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, I, after this, after she comes back with the egg, all the men in the village go out and they're trying to find that they have weapons, they have torches. They're going out at night. They're gonna find this hungry wolf that that the boy was, you know, he's. They saw the cow. It's out there. It's fucked up. And at the same time, Rosaline and her mother are at home. And she decides to tell her mom a story of a girl from the valley who took revenge. A sumptuous feast. As the rich were wedding in a tent beside their large home, stuffing themselves silly with food, adorned in regal attire and makeup, their every need being met by servants at this banquet, the girl from the valley entered. Her belly too was full, but not with a sumptuous feast. She was full with child, that child belonging to the groom. And she makes this remark that apparently she isn't good enough for him, but once was upon a time. And <laughs> using magic, she cracks a mirror and the entire party begins transforming into wolves, stripping their clothes, vestiges of a facade. The beast people continue to eat and drink. The band continues to play. And the valley girl cackles wildly as the insane pack of animals destroys the entire reception before rushing out into the woods. This whole fucking scene for me, dude, this is fairy tale nightmare logic gone wild. Like, this is awesome. And the imagery of the feet kicking, the feet kicking. When they're yeah, the shoes bursting and the nails coming through. Yeah, there was definitely some good imagery with this. And, and you know, it was building up too because the, the grandma in this was eating just like a, I mean, savagely eating this chicken. So you knew something was going to happen and then she busts in and there it is. Uh, yeah, they're, they're there like it's ravenous 1999 just fucking slurping down the meat, just gorging on this fucking food. Yeah, I, I, I love this scene and I love how it plays out because the story ends with the wolves returning to serenade her and her baby every night. And that is the pleasure she gets. It's, it's, it's not from their cries. It's from the power that it gives her, like that, that she can make them do that. And that's, look, man, I'm just going to say 
you ever been pussy whipped? Because that's what that is. All right. And I know that's not PC or whatever or whatever the fuck it is or isn't. I don't care. Everybody, every dude out there, every girl out there, fuck it, dick whip, pussy whip, whatever whipped. If you're not a girl or a guy, whatever you are, <laughs> you're whipped with something. You whipped. All right. At some point, somebody whip. comes along. And just cool whip. They cool, they cool whip you. Cool whip. You've all been cool whipped. All right. And that's what this, I think, is saying. And that once you know someone is cool whipped by you, you, you just got that, that overall control and that power. That's people say men run the world, man. And maybe we do. We like a, where I'm speaking for all men, but I feel like there's, there's always, there, it doesn't matter. Every like, man is a powerful woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the, the I think that's a fact personally. Um, Whether it's a girlfriend, that, a wife, a mom, a winch or a side piece yeah we propagated as a species because men and women fuck all right and so at this point you have to assume that every man that ever made a decision is chick i I hate to say it like property i'm not trying to be like that but i'm saying there was a woman there being like bruh no or bruh yeah and he was like okay (laughs) <laughs> so that that this little uh side tangent in the story <laughs> I love it dead meat after killing the wolves Rosaline's father returns home with the wolf's paw except now it's a human hand he pulls the fucking dude that how crazy is that shit though like for real i i think this scene's awesome like the wolf hand changed into a man's hand or the wolf well, did, killed, did we talk about them going out and killing the wolf with the goose and everything no i skipped over that <laughs> yeah you did yeah i i mean i left it out like i didn't i didn't know okay i mean you can keep this in fuck it but yeah, I, didn't know well, well, I, I think that's so they come back and they know there's a wolf out there because he saw it. There's a wolf that ate the cow. It was a pretty cool scene. And it's funny because they only had two real wolves on set and they used a real wolf for the scene initially. And they had a real goose that was sitting there and they had the goose tied up and the wolf, they had the wolf trained and it was running up on the goose and the goose like quacked and the wolf got scared. It wouldn't go anywhere near that. So I had to shut down shooting for the day. They had to bring in the second wolf for the next day for that part. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, yeah, you'd think of a wolf that eats meat for a, you know, whatever. But yeah, they go out and that was a pretty cool uh, scene where they, I guess, had the the goose as a like bait. bait. Yeah. 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 Attacked it, cut his hand off. That was, yeah. It, it, it was pretty cool how they did that. So I took the pause. Good luck. And then wait a second. It's a fucking hand, a man hand. And they fucking, instead of burying it, they burn that shit. Fuck that. 
And Rosaline, she's set to leave the next day for her grandmother's house. And her well, there, there's to... there's some other undertones with this too, because I think a lot of it is is religious because there was a comment made. I think Rosaline was like, do we bury it or do we burn it? And I think yeah. that was something like, you know, Christian, hey. do we bury it? Is it Christian or do we burn it? Pay, pay homage and then like, or yeah, is, is it, <laughs> how do we deal with this? Is this is it a Christian or? death or not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and after this, uh, Rosaline's leaving for grandmothers, but her mom gives her a knife. Like you might want this for your trek through the woods. And that young amorous boy, he, he, he tries to go with her, but she avoids him. Um, <laughs> someone with a, like a wagon fucking gets in his way. I thought it was so stupid. Um, <laughs> and while making her way to Granny's house with her red shawl with a hood, <laughs> there's the little red riding, riding hood right there. She's met by an older man and he's dressed like a fucking, I don't know. Fancy. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. Fancy Pants with his eyebrows at meet in the middle. Uh, yeah, yep. Did you notice that right away? Because I yes. didn't. I did. Yeah. I yeah I, I I didn't I didn't see that. But she meets him and he offers her like I know like a great spot for a picnic basically, and she's I don't know man she's just ensnared by this guy. And they go to have their picnic, and it, it, it's here where he, I don't know, he, he basically is, like, coming on to her. Oh, yeah, hard. Yeah. Hard. He reveals, though, that she kind of believes in, like, werewolves in such a way, and he's, he's dismissing this and telling her she, you know, no way. He bets her that he can get to her granny's house before she does. And if she wins, she will get his compass. He shows her this compass, by the way. And she's like, what the fuck is this? This is crazy. I can't believe it, even though I'm looking at it. But if, but if he wins, he gets a kiss. And they part ways. And by nightfall, the man has found Lansbury Cottage. That's where <laughs> Grandma Lansbury's fucking <laughs> hanging out. Hyping and, away. Oh, yeah. She's fucking... No, no, she's she's knitting away, but yes, she's typing. And he enters pretending to be her granddaughter. He enters Grandma Lansbury. Uh, uh, there's this fucking <laughs> wicked scene with him like lapping up his blood or something with his tongue like all stretched out. Okay, there that that's one thing I got to tell you. The man, the the tongue effects on this movie had to have just I mean, the seats in the theater had to have just been dripping because Every single person in this movie seems like they've got a tongue that can lick their own asshole. Just yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, yep, there it is. I yeah, and this and th this is like the scene of the tongue. This is fucked up right here. He he's got this tongue stretching out, and she attacks him with a fire poker, and the wrought iron is burning his hands. That that's a that's a werewolf thing, not a very well known werewolf fact but wrought iron apparently can injure them as well as silver um but with one swift swipe he decapitates granny and her skull smashes like porcelain literally in the film yeah 
and I thought this was symbolic. I, I guess they didn't want to. I was like trying to figure out where they were going with that. I mean, I was like almost Humpty Dumpty type shit. Yeah, because in the film, he sla- he just slaps her as a man. He, yep. His eyes have changed and he's wild looking, but he just slaps Granny and her head comes off and it smashes against the wall and it's porcelain. But I think this was meant to be like he wolf swiped her fucking face off, you know? And she it, compared to the strength of the inevitable, we're dust, basically. And Rosaline finds blood on her path to Granny's and then finds the fucking man pretending to be her grandmother. So this is totally yeah, we're now yeah. in red riding. We're in little red riding hood territory right now. hmm And he tries to trick her. Um he he he's again coming onto her hard. His companions, his company of wolves, they come to sing them carols outside and rosaline she nearly shoots him as the wolves are gathering and this doesn't go well for her (laughs) so i gotta ask you real quick you're a metallica fan to an extent correct okay the black album was at 1988 i believe have you ever heard the song of wolf and man no not no that was 91 her black album was 91 yeah okay have you ever heard of uh, the, the song of Wolf and Man? If it's on that record, yes. Yeah. There, there's I a lyric in there where he's like, the company we keep, slay the lamb while we sleep. And I'm like wondering if there's any, if, if that song was um, maybe a little bit. Oh, could have been. Brought, brought upon by the, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Because he talks about it's basically wolf werewolf tail thing and just that one lyric i haven't heard that song in forever but i just remember the company we keep slay the lamb while we sleep and i'm like oh company we keep all right company wolves could be it could be definitely just spitball in here but that's just something i thought of that makes this movie even more fucking metal but um ricky's ripping riffs (laughs) yeah he'll get a kick out of that for sure that's for one guy and one guy only huh bless you boss tuna he'll love it <laughs> that's fucking awesome um she she tells him that you know basically he won his bet he a gentleman a fine gentleman like the devil a fine gentleman so she gives him a kiss and she feels his teeth. That's the part that freaked me out. She feels the teeth and like freaks out. She shoots him, but um, the gentleman begins to flail, writhing in pain, contorting powers and yeah. mangled fucking screams. And his jaws fucking burst open and jutting from his mouth is a muzzle. And the skin is shed to reveal the wolf inside. But he cries. He's crying. A crying wolf. And Rosaline comforts him with a story. Once upon a time, when the village was asleep, a she-wolf came from the world below to the world above. 
She meant no harm to anyone, but someone meant harm to her. So she ran and she ran and she ran again. She found a church with a priest who asked if she was God's work or the devil's, but took pity on her and told her that her wounds from those who meant her harm would eventually heal. And they did. But when they did, she remembered that she was once a girl who strayed from the path in the forest and remembered what she had found there. So back through the forest, she ran and ran to the well in the village from whence she came. She crept inside to the world below. This is the final folktale we're told and the imagery in this folktale. My God, this is what like. So I, I, I watch movies for a lot of reasons. Um, escapism, I guess, for all of us. But to, to experience something for me is deeper. I want to experience something. And when a movie can do things I never even was expecting, this movie's full of that. And it caps it off with this last fairy tale or folk tale being told. And it, to me, it's just beautifully shot. It's beautifully portrayed. The whole movie is kind of like this to me. And what, what, do you, what do you think about this last uh, folktale? The last folktale is kind of telling with the final scene. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised, to tell you the truth. Well, I mean, we're, we're not to the very final scene yet, though. But I would say the final scene in the, the second story, I don't even know. There's like the real story, the story, then the story, then the folktale story within the story. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking like inception level shit here, but I was kind of surprised with the wolf with her becoming a werewolf kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so the, I, I, I'll finish this off here then, and we can get into it. When the, the village comes a knocking, basically, and they find that Rosaline has also become a wolf along with the, the, the fine gentleman, and she returns to the woods with him, joining the pack, and they tear through the walls of the pest nightmares and into her reality, basically, at the end of the film. They're, they're, they're ripping through this house you saw at the beginning through paintings, through the walls, and then at the very end, when Rosaline wakes up in present day, a wolf bursts through her window and smashes all of her toys. The fucking rude-ass wolf smashes all of her toys. And and the movie caps off like that. It's, it's one of those endings that's left up to interpretation, but if, if you take the movie in its whole with the last couple stories per se, it's kind of like it's bleeding into the real world. I'm not really sure. I still, I've spent the last day trying to figure out where they could be going with the possibilities of this, but I'm not really sure. I mean, it literally ends with the wolf crashing through and knocking her toys on the ground. It could be like a metaphor for, you know, her entering adulthood. She's not a kid anymore yep. kind of thing. Yep. Childhood innocence being crushed yep. by the, the beast. And if you, again, it's a metaphor for womanhood. Uh, men come in and just fuck you fuck up and up. figure fuck everything morally. up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. look, good, good men can be, uh, I'm not going to say saviors. That's too dramatic. Good men 
can be providers and support or what a good man can be whatever whatever um, a good man needs to be in the situation but what a, what a man can't or shouldn't be is a wolf what a man what a man what a man what a mighty good man what a mighty <laughs> mighty good man a man should not be a fucking beast um you're not supposed to be there to ruin anything or sabotage but you gotta keep or- those bestial qualities though just for for at times well that's for that's for the bedtimes yeah that's for the night times the night time is the right time do you this is your movie do you want to go first or last i'll go i'll go i'll go first um sure okay all right i'll go last go ahead well i was gonna say it's typically yeah it's your movie i'll let you i'll let you finish us off so all right Company Wolves, 1984. It's got some very high highs. And unfortunately, it's got some very low lows. The pros for this movie, what I really liked, the production design, that is the one thing that caught my eye. After the movie, I was doing the research. I saw that thing about Stanley Kubrick. I was like, that's awesome. You really did feel like you were in the woods and you were in this fairy tale setting. Did a very, very good job of that. The special effects were phenomenal, had some pretty good gore and the transformation. I, I cannot believe I've heard a handful of podcasts covering wolf movies, werewolf movies blows my mind that I have not heard of this because I literally yeah. have not heard of this movie until Tibu said, Hey, this is what we're doing. The transformation, particularly the the one where Stephen Ray transformed, was was awesome. The special the first, effects were on point. The first one, yeah, yes, yeah, yep. The acting overall was quite good, and it was excellent by Sarah Patterson. And it blows my mind. If I wasn't, if I cared more, I would do some research as to find out why she kind of quit acting because she pr- pretty much was done. The cons for me for this movie, this was this was beyond boring. Um, If I'm being honest here, this type of movie is just not my jam because Mm -hmm. I, the fairy tale stuff. And I've said this multiple times before we've, I think we brought up Guillermo del Toro in this episode. If we haven't, then I read something on him today, but I'm not a Guillermo del Toro fan uh, besides one movie. And I'm not going to say that movie because we're probably going to cover that on here, but there's one of his movies that are phenomenal. I'm not a Guillermo del Toro fan. I'm not just that fairy tale fantasy type horror doesn't really grab me. So I wasn't really invested in that part of it, but it felt boring. I think if there's one sin a movie can commit, that's unforgivable. Is it being boring for this movie coming in at 90 minutes? Honestly, this felt like it was two and a half hours. It was unfortunately kind of a slog. It just did not get me engaged and I had a hard time. I did watch it in one sitting. I was tempted to stop halfway through and finish it this morning, but I powered through it and I gave it as best in, you know, of my investment as I could. I wasn't playing on my cell phone. But I will say that I can see how this is a gem and anybody that this is this is one of those subgenres that really there's not a lot of movies out there this is one of those where if you are any bit intrigued by interpretations especially when it comes to the fantasy element or the folk 
folklore, fairy tale stuff, this is a movie you got to check out. Again, I'm coming in as someone that isn't very well versed in that. So it doesn't really kind of grab me, but I'm sure people that know more about this are going to be engaged a lot more and they'll probably get a lot more out of it. But this movie was nothing but average. Honestly, I'd probably come in lower than where I'm at, but it I'm, I'm coming in ultimately at a five. And the reason I'm coming in at a five is because even though I was just bored beyond belief at points, the, the strongs were the, 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 the pros were so much in that I, 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 it really did grab me in certain scenes. I mean, there are certain scenes of this movie, as I said earlier, that I'll never forget the transformation, you know, the, the, the Stephen Ray and his wife scene, that one was really good. And I kind of wanted to see more with those two. I'm not really sure why, but you know, when you have the young groom and the young uh, bride, I thought that was done pretty well. That was probably my favorite fairy tale portion of it, especially when it came yeah. back around, but I'm coming in at a five. Um, I really wanted to like this a lot more, uh, but Again, just this fantasy element, fairy tale stuff just isn't really for me. Boss Tuna, five out of ten. Okay. I I I I I honestly thought you were gonna come in higher based on what you were saying beforehand. <clears throat> but I do I do understand where you're coming from. Um, this is not a movie for everyone. Uh it 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 can feel slow. It doesn't to me, but it can feel I, I see how it could feel slow and I could see how the film structure just is off putting. Um, it's not traditional. It's not. It's weird. It's because it, it's it's a dream within a dream and folktales told within a dream. So there's literally three story layers to this. And yeah, that, and, and that's and, one of the and, things, too, that I felt that. I, I think they're trying to be more clever and I don't think it worked out the way they wanted to, because it wasn't very cohesive. You literally had three elements to this. And I know that it's buried in interpretations, but that's where I felt it. I was waiting for a bit more of a, of a, a payoff, if you will, at the end. And oh. it left it extremely vague to, well, because she never woke up. You never had anything more with the family. I felt that that whole, I mean, I know that that initial, I would say opening scene with her in present day was just a vehicle to drive the story, but I felt like they could have just completely gone without that. I just felt yeah. that, that had more confusion into it. Again, that, that, that adds to me saying, I feel like this is not traditional. There's nothing about this. That's going to give you a payoff necessarily when you want to, a story that has one, but it's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's, it's dreams within the dreams and stories within stories that, that are trying to tell a, <clears throat> they're trying to explain a, a, a point of, how do I say this? They're, it's trying to give you a message through different points of view or different metaphors or stories. And does it succeed? I guess not for everyone, but for me, this movie, again, second time watch, but first time blown away, second time even more so blown away. Um, and I, I love that you enjoyed the acting and the special effects. I'm glad that some scenes really hit you because they hit me too. 
the same way. Uh, but I, I get drawn into this movie. I love fantasy horror. I love Guillermo del Toro films. Not all of them, but most of them. Um, Crimson Peak. Meh. Strong meh. That's a meh film. Pan's Labyrinth. Masterpiece. Brilliant. Great. Amazing. One of the best ever made. But this movie, yeah, you came in out of 5 out of 10 for me. I'm watching this. I'm I'm just absorbing everything. Um, not not saying you're not, but but I, for me, I I just I take it all in. I'm enjoying it. I I I get my fix on what. I, like I'm saying too, I can't figure this whole thing out. I don't know what this movie's ultimately going for, or trying to say yet. Um. I haven't done research on this movie at all. I've, I've seen it once and then I saw it again. No research. <laughs> uh, but well, a tad. I, I did Wikipedia the film, but I didn't go into all the reviews and everything else. But for me, this movie, at this point, I have no issues with this film. Zero. This is oh a ten out of this is a ten oh, out of ten for oh me. Oh shit! Yeah, I I, okay. I love this movie. I think the werewolf transformation scene with the blood and the sinew and the wolf, just the the, the, the strands of the muscle and yeah, it was awesome. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, it was awesome. so fucking good. I can't but believe you're at a ten. That's that might be the furthest apart we have been. Everything else about it, dude. Look, the acting's great. It is it's believable for this for everything that it's being. Every story is on point. Every shot to me is great. Like it, it there. I okay. I'll say this is not a negative. So I'm saying still ten out of ten. But is the score memorable? No, I don't even know what the I score really is. Remember the score? Yeah. yeah, me either. So that's kind of a detriment to the film it's generic score it's it's not it's nothing but everything else <laughs> i don't I, I i again two time watching but i'm still blown away I, I i have no problems this movie's fantastic 10 out of 10 from wow. me awesome yep. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're so divisive on this. And, and I'm curious, listeners, let us know where you guys fall. Uh, I will post this. I'll have it posted on our Facebook page, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. Comment on, on this when you see the link and let us know kind of where you guys fall with this. We're, we're, we're yeah, what do you prefer? You, you, like, you, like, you think uh, Company of Wolves is fucking good or is it some trash? let me know let me know i never said trash i just it's average i gave it average. Well, no no well yeah but uh yeah you're right you and i will say, say tibu i'm gonna tell you too i have been looking at my ratings over the last year and i'm being too generous with them so i am going to try to ground myself a little bit here with my ratings and <laughs> i am going to get back more into what i say my rating should be so a five should be a middle of the road movie. So I am going to maybe be a bit harsher 
but I am going to try to have a little bit more realistic ratings for myself. I, I feel like I've been too kind as of late. Oh, Boston but, is cracking the whip. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned, guys. We are going to be right back. We're going to give you guys a little breather here. Maybe uh, open up your IMDb app and throw this on your watch list or whatever you need to do. And when we come back, we are going to finish you off with our second feature in our second leg of our trip at the drive-in. And we'll be right back with our next movie, which is going to be Caliber 2018. Stay tuned. Promise me you look after yourself. Yeah. I'm going hunting. <laughs> so how you been? All this baby shit must be mad. I know, I'm sorry. I know you always wanted to be the one I got pregnant. <laughs> Marcus, Trenton and Bon Carter, three nights? That's right, yes. You guys picked the perfect weekend of you, Joe. Gets booty as hell. Well, you boys have a good day's hunting out there, eh? We will. Reckon you can take down a deer? Probably not, no. Not everyone can do it. that time we come back here tonight you have no choice successful day stalking we're putting together a search party what were you doing last night what real evidence have we got nothing we were wrong and we're gonna pay for it Tonight's double feature, second feature, double bill, whatever the hell you want to call it. We have <laughs> Caliber from 2018, buds. Burr. This is hard. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Caliber yeah. 2018. Rated TV mature. That's because it's a Netflix original. This is a, it's, it's coming in at 101 minutes. Tibu, you've never seen this movie before tonight, correct? Correct. I'd never even heard of it. Um, <laughs> and upon watching it, I knew I'd never seen it. Okay. Okay. This is. For, for our savvy listeners up there, this is on my top 2018 list. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before, Tibu, but this did make my top 2018, giving you just a little bit of a hint 
as far as we're, as, as far as we're my ratings coming in. Is it going to be the same rating? Is it going to be lower? Is it going to be higher? We'll get into it. What do you think this got on the B? Uh, 6.4. Very close. This got a 6.8. Okay. IMDb. What about Rotten Tomatoes? Um, that's the critic score. Correct. Critic score. Um, 78%. Would it surprise you if I told you you were quite a bit off? Oh. Yeah, yes. 95%. Whoa. Oh, shit. I tried my damnedest to figure out a, I, I, I did twice, two separate times. I was trying to do research to find the damn budget on this. I could not find it. All I saw was it was quote unquote, a low budget film. Could not find any budget stuff on it. I, I, you know, it's funny because we were just talking about the last in, which had a $1.8 million budget. I can't see this movie having anything close to that. No. And it's going to be funny when we talk about it, because I think that this movie is better in, in, in every way than that one. But what the first thing I'll get into, because we've already probably got some people moaning and groaning. I can hear it. I had to say this in my top 2018 list and I'll say it again. This, some people might not think this is horror and I'm not going to argue with them about it because I mean, I would even say that for my loose definition of horror, this is very fringe, but at the very least, I will say it's a genre film. It, it blends. Yeah. Yeah. Genres. I, I agree though. I, I, I would consider this horror to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not going to, and there's, there's a bunch of things I want to get into and I can't wait for us to get into it. But what I will say is that the the visuals and what is depicting is definitely horrific definitely horrific it's not going to fit your horror standard as far as I, I i mean maybe even i can go and say blood and guts scares tone kind of thing but i would say at the very minimum if you tell me it's not horror i'm not going to argue with you against it but it has to be brought up in this category because at the very least, it's going to be an intense thriller mystery, but it has horrific elements in it. So I just want to get that out of there because of, of our friends out there saying, well, I like the movie, but it's not horror. It's, it's, it's going to be subjective. And hey, Mark Nato at the end of our last episode said he liked it. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that and run with it. But I wanted to give that a heads up because, again, Tibu and I picked our movies because of a listener that wanted some deeper cuts. So that's why we did The Company of Wolves, and that's why I'm doing Caliber because I don't think a lot of people heard about this or saw it especially. Check it out. I will say that this is a movie that I'm going to say it did go down my rating upon my second viewing. I'd seen this only once before, and that was back in 2018 when it came out. And then my rating did go down because I feel like this movie's biggest 
punch is going to be in its initial viewing, especially if you go in blind. So that's what I will say before we get into this. So Caliber 2018 was a movie that was written and directed by Matt Palmer, which still to this day, he's got a couple shorts. That's it. Kind of surprises me that he doesn't have any more directing creds on it. This stars Jack Loudon as Vaughn. He was in Capone and Dunkirk. This stars Michael Fassbender. I mean, Martin. (laughs) Dude, if that guy isn't related to Michael Fassbender, I'm I'm living in a different universe where there's no Michael Fassbender. Does he not look like Michael Fassbender? It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's yeah. It's very I did a double take when I watched the movie, to be honest with you. I'm like, wait, this is 2018? No, he didn't he'd, do that. He'd be like the Tebu version of Michael Fassbender, just like three feet shorter. This guy looks exactly like him throughout the Man, entire you're movie. A son I'm of a bitch. <laughs> hey, you're I got to get my short bitch. joke in every episode. <laughs> Boom, quote him at. Yeah, so, so Martin <laughs> played Marcus. He was in The Resort, which is a zombie movie that I'm going to recommend. Make sure you check it out. It's newer as well, too. Another one that he was in that. I, so he's he's one of those actors that, yes, he's probably Michael Fassbender's half brother, but he's been in a bunch of gems. The resort. Check it out. The Bastard Executioner was a short lived one season series on FX. I believe that was phenomenal. Check it out. He was also in Wolf, which I believe is just from in the last year or two. Check that out. And I will especially say, Tibu, after having our conversation with Mark Nato, you need to check out Wolf. I believe it's the Polish. It's a, it's a Polish film. Have you seen that or heard of it? No. Put it in your notes. Wolf. All right. Wolf 20, from Poland. 2020, maybe 2021. Tony Coran played Logan. Ian Peary played Brian. Both those guys have a handful of film credits under them. This one, again, this, it kind of surprises me that not a lot of people have seen this because it was a Netflix original, but long story short, I was using my brother's Netflix when I saw this and I got my own account you know, my kids got older and they wanted to watch, you know, Vampirina or whatever this bullshit was on there. So I was like, well, I'll just get Netflix for myself. Vampirina. <laughs> oh, you're familiar with it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Don't be hating, Brett. That shit's awesome. The, the funny thing is, is when I got my own. OK, so, you know, Netflix, along with everything else these days, is based off of algorithms. I'd had my own Netflix for about a year now in this you're movie an algorithm. Was- yeah, I, I, I'm a I, I'm right. I'm an algorithm. An what are you out? Al- Look, I know I'm derailing you right now, but I just got to stay. Listeners, you can't see him, but he's over there. He's in his garage and he's looking fine. What you doing, Boss Tuna? What you doing over you got there? got a new hat. Do you recognize the, the, the flag on this hat? No, I don't. Chechia, Czech Republic, representing. My What's last going on name, with the I'm not going to tell people my last name, but I have a last oh. name. doesn't make sense for living in Iowa. So all my customers be like, well, that last name, you're not from around here. You know, I'm not. No, I'm not. They're going to know. They're never going to know. 
Oh, she'll never know. But I'm representing the the flag. I'll give you a hint. It's from Chechia, the Czech Republic. So it's my new. It's my new. Uh, my new. Um, yeah, it's got like a little uh, a pom pom on on top. What the heck what? do they call these? I, I'm drawing a mind blank right now, dude. Me too. I don't know. Uh, fucking Stan uh, on South Park wears cap. one. Stocking cap. Winter hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I like it. I saw it. I liked it from from the start, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta make mention of this. Sorry. I, I say we give up the charade and pretend like we're we're stop pretending like we're acting that this is recording <laughs> on the same night as company award <laughs> because it's like a week later. Uh, uh, well, right? It's all spoiled now. It's spoiled. You guys are fakes. No, you phonies. No, but uh, you know, the, the, the difference is, is I'm not freezing my nuggets off because it was cold as fuck in here last time. And it's like 40 degrees today. It's weird, dude. I built an outdoor outdoor rink for my kids and I'm, it's turning into a swimming pool. We've had like oh, three no. days of like 46 degrees. It's sad. Anyways. I'm sorry. I derailed you totally. You were talking about the algorithm and Netflix. I'm sorry. I was the algorithm Netflix caliber. It wasn't even on my radar, dude. I've, I've had Netflix for a year. The only thing I watch on Netflix are like horror movies. I'll occasionally drop into like extraction. I love war movies or some shit like that. I had to search this movie. Like I had to type in like C-A-L-I-B-R before it popped up. It's buried in Netflix. So that's why I feel like maybe when it first came out, I, I, well, let me backtrack. I feel like if you haven't seen this movie already, let me backtrack even further and say <laughs> the only time you would have seen this movie was when it first came out in 2018, because I feel like it just got buried in there. But buried hard. Check hard. it out. Hard. Hard. Out. The introduction. So we open meeting Vaughn laying in bed. Smooch it on his wife. I love you. I love you. <laughs> we find out that she's pregnant. She's with child, as they say. We know he's going on a hunting trip. He is meeting up with a friend of his. He hasn't seen in a while. And we get Marcus picking him up. Marcus picks him up. They hop in the Jeep and they are headed north. This movie takes place in Scotland. It's a Scottish British movie. Thick accents, lovely countryside, and we are driving up north to go, as they call it, stoking. Around here, we call it hunting, but apparently overseas, we'll have to you know, talk to Mr. Duncan McLeish to find out if it's true or not, but they call it stoking. Stoking. <laughs> We're going to stoke them motherfuckers. No, he's stoking. We're going to be stoking out here, care. <laughs> That's what they do. Dude. Yeah, they're heading off the wife. The wife, you could tell she's like, fiance, you know, fiance. She's like, you don't, you don't want to go. And he's like, no, I don't want to go. But he's like, I totally want to go. <laughs> like right, he totally right. wants to go. And they, yeah, they head out on this road trip and immediately start hooking up with chicks at a pub. The, yeah, they get in like, boom, we're going to go. We're going to check into the last in. And we are gonna go straight to the bar, which is <laughs> which is totally which is totally what dudes do, especially on a hunting trip. 
They're in there for five minutes, and these hookers – well, they're not hookers, but – They're not hookers. They're no, just no, locals. No. They, they roll in, and it's hilarious because they see one of them. You could tell the one that's quite the sleuter. She sees her ex-boyfriend, <laughs> someone at the bar, and she goes right over to these table just to piss him off and make him jealous. How many mm-hmm. of us have been in that situation? Fucking women. Why do you do this to us, man? Why do you do this to us, man? Hey, hey, sometimes men do that to women, too, though. They will try to make women jealous. We, we do it. Come on. We do it. Uh, yeah, but those type of men probably wear women's underwear. Hey. Hey. No judging. All, no judging. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. So <laughs> they they meet Kara and Iona. I can't remember the name. Iona. 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 Yeah, and and they're like gonna split ways. Like the, the, the Marcus and Vaughn are like, yeah, you know, don't name it after me. Basically, both both ways. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny because you get a little scene before this of some tension. So. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of break break off here a little bit, break the fourth yeah, wall, yeah. touch, and say what drew me in on this movie the first time I saw it is what kept me engaged the second time I saw it, and that's I've been in this position. I have 100% been these guys. We go. You murdered uh, a child. Okay, well, spoiler alert um, to the movie <laughs> and in real life, no. But what I, what I did do was my buddy and I, I remember this. Oh man, this is so funny. I'm going to have my one buddy hates movies and podcasts, but I might make him listen to this because he'll get a laugh out of it. But back in college, we used to get into some, some tussles as you call it. And because both of us were bigger, we both played football and I'm six, four, he's six, two bigger guys in I, I, I don't Okay, I'm going way off tangent here, but targeted. You like you like to bear hug, but you you go into a bar and you know people want to start shit with the biggest guys kind of thing. So, anyways, what really drew me in on this movie was is I'm a huge. I'm from a small town. I went to a, a college in a bigger town, and we would go on these hunting trips in the middle of nowhere. You know, when you go hunting, you go hunting for animals that are in the middle of nowhere. So they're all small towns. And you go up, you walk into bars, and it's one of those where you literally walk in, all eyes turn over, and they know in the first second that you are not a local. And you're getting those fucking stink eyes. And you sit down at the bar, or you go to your table, and you're drinking. And then you get the locals looking at you. And just it's, it's, it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. And you get the stink eyes. So we've been in plenty of tussles. In watching this movie, I was... I was kind of disturbed, if you will, with the scene you've mentioned. I mean, I don't want to go there yet, but you went there. But or part of it is, is like, I can relate to this. It's never even close happened to me because I'm not that stupid. But it just immediately drew me in because I was like, oh, my God, this is real life. I've I've lived this to an extent. And oh, man. Well, so anyways, we'll keep going. They're in this bar. They hop in that one dude that's like, hey, that's my chick. Well, if you're in a small town, you know for a fact that Iona's been, I mean, there's been a lot of people that swam in that pool in that little town. So this is probably the latest guy she was with. She's the fucking bicycle. 
<laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's the bicycle. Uh, she's the community pool that everybody's swimming kind of thing. And they have a great time getting just absolutely shit-faced. Hey, we're going to leave this place. They split up. Marcus goes with uh, with the village bicycle. And you have Vaughn, <laughs> who's the, the good guy. And it's funny because he's the good guy that is with the good girl. And they separate ways. And she gets all butt hurt. Like, you know, he's like, hey, um, I've got a fiance. You find out, hey, yeah. my mom owns the inn. I've got the keys to the bar. Meet me for a drink. You think, and, did you, when you, when you were watching this, did you think that they were going to hook up even after that? No. Oh, okay. No, because, I, 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 when, when I was watching it, I took his character at face value and thought he's going to be a good dude. He's not going to do the thing. And he didn't. He didn't, but they threw a little bit of a swerve at you when, because you think he would have just went back to his room. But she's like, well, how about you come meet me for a drink? And he went. They did. They did. They did send the swerve. I'm not going to lie. Like it was there. And I and it, I did question. I was like, oh, shit, really? But he didn't. He, he stayed true. The next morning. We, we, we wake up with Vaughn. Knock, 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 knock on the door. Rips open the curtains as daylight. If you're any bit of a hunter, you know that you need to be out there before the sun rises. Obviously, those guys were not feeling any pain that night. They slept in. They were hung over. Marcus walks in, and he's surprisingly spry. Vaughn is a pile of shit. We've all been there before. (laughs) They get in. They get their hunting gear on. They head up to do some stoking. You find out that very important (laughs) scene. You find out that Marcus has a little bit of the, um, what do they call that? Angel dust. He's been, uh, he, he's got the blow action going on because he makes a comment. He's, he's like snorting oh. cocaine. He's like, yeah. it's my holiday. Yeah. So he's, you know, so that, that comes in later on. They drive up, they're stalking deer. And I'm going to let you bring us into this next scene because this is some okay. Heavy- this shit right here. <laughs> Vaughn has never shot a deer. He spots one in the distance. And Marcus is like, Hey man, it's your spot. It's your kill. So Vaughn has to pull the trigger and there's a lot building up towards this moment. The movie really, really brings you into this scene. I, I want to know where you as a first time, because you didn't do any research. You had no idea what this movie was. No, correct? no idea. Nothing. So I want you to walk us through with the listeners, not only I, what's going on in the movie, but what's going on in your head. I'm just watching it thinking like, okay, this is a tense scene. He's going to take a life for the first time. That's a big deal. You know, he's never been hunting. There's certain things that go along with that, that most people who aren't, and I'm not an avid hunter, but I'm just saying like, I've been hunting and I know what goes in, what goes into it. And, and so I'm just watching the scene. And then when the scene reveals what it reveals, I was completely floored, completely floored. Uh, Love it. Love it. Yeah. Like 10 out of 10 completely floored with what they did. Uh, So Vaughn takes the shot and he jerks. He, he, yeah, he, okay. So let me tell you guys, for those of you that do not hunt, you do not know there's such thing that's called buck fever. (laughs) 
when you're hunting, everything that goes into it, you, 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 if you've never gone or never been, you might watch movies or have seen a hunting show or have some kind of idea in your head. There's so much more that goes into it, the hard work, the planning you, these in real life, you'd have to be walking many hours, sometimes days. I've gone hunting for days without even seeing a deer. You finally see that deer and your blood is just pumping your hearts racing. You're literally shaking. You, you, you hold a glass of water in your hand and it's splashing everywhere. So the amount of emotions that are going through when he's getting that gun pulled up and yeah, boom, he sees, he sees the deer in last second. He uh, does that little flinch, takes the shot. Tibu. Oh uh, man, that, that, that that's, I, I, I'm watching the film and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's, he's taken aback by his, you know, he, first time everything like like you were just saying you articulated very well and and i then you see that <laughs> they 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 come up on the child's body he shot a child in the head in a blue coat <laughs> it's yeah. like holy shit and the emotions the performances by the actors, by everybody in this. Uh, up until this point, it's been very good. It's it's been good, like good. Now it's great. Now it's great. It's 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 elevated to the next level. I believe the reaction of the of of Vaughn when he shot the child and he's reacting and dude, yeah, this 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 entire segment was just flooring whoa this movie oh this is where we're going now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. this is where we're going now and where it goes where it continues to go and how the plot and the characters bruh the tension builds throughout this entire movie like i'm not trying to like jump and jump and jump but i'm just saying from this moment on it's balls to the wall tension and goodness it's goodness so at this point it does it 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 gets you to this level where you're in shock you're in awe you didn't see it coming because let's face it movies in general horror movies it's taboo to kill kids well (laughs) it's even more taboo when you kill a fucking kid that you don't even meet you get a split second there's a kid standing there there's dad no interaction with the kid it's just shot in the head dead Vaughn goes up, he's freaking out, runs up. He doesn't know what's going on. He's trying to figure out, he's in shock. When you think it can't get any worse. The fucking dad comes in, man. The dad comes in and the dad is doing what very believable, as Tibu said, the acting, everything is exactly, I mean, he's picking up his limp son and just the Mm. way the arms are flopping. Oh man, like I have goosebumps just talking about it. anyone so that's a father, just you you can't even imagine what he must be going through. His his son's dead limp, shot in the head, fucking done, lights out, game over. In his whole panic, Vaughn drops the gun and he's you know hands on head trying to figure out what's going on. 
The dad is in shock as well, and he picks the gun up. And, and Vaughn, Vaughn, Vaughn keeps saying, he keeps saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I'm sorry. I didn't see him. And dude, that whole time, I'm just sitting there cringing, like, just like, yeah. oh my God. Cause the camera has the gun angled right at Vaughn. And so he's not just... necessarily like shoulder pointing at him, but he's kind of aiming it at him. And oh, yeah. Yeah. As a viewer, you're like, what the fuck's going on? What's going to happen? We don't know. Next thing you know, the guy's chest blows out. Poof. Yeah. (laughs) Marcus shoots him as you find out from 100 yards away. Boom. Fucking dad's dead. Kid's dead. Okay. The one thing that I wrote down with this scene that I really, before I say anything, I want your opinion, but did you notice the score or the lack of score in this? I don't recall the score at all. Because there I was just, none. Okay. In well, that, 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 that makes sense because I just recall the tension and the everything else. And dude, like, like you're saying th- this, this whole scene where it's, Marcus and Vaughn have now killed a father and son. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy. It's crazy. So the, the one thing I wanted to chat with you about real quickly here was when I first watched this, th- I didn't catch this because I was in probably the same state you were of just disbelief and sitting there watching the movie. The second time, the one thing I noticed is that there was silence. So I watched this earlier today. Kids were at work. Wife was gone. TV glaring. Oh, and I'm sitting there. The coal mine, huh? Yeah, they were out there stitching Nikes <laughs> and making some money to pay some rent. But I'm watching this scene, and there's nothing. And I got to thinking, and I'm kind of torn on where I fall. But I'm curious if, and again, this might be a question better suited after your second watch, but do you think that this would have been more powerful had it had a more like brooding type of tone or any type of soundtrack or, or score or anything at this point? Having seen it only once, I'll say no, because my experience was so good, but I will reserve a better answer for the second time watch, I guess. I mean, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, man, I can't I can't even remember the score. So there's virtually no score. This movie has, and even still, right now, I'm kind of like on the fence as far as where I fall on this because I will say that I'm in Tibu's camp after the first time I saw it because I didn't realize it, I didn't notice that it wasn't there, and I think that it made that scene more powerful. If you would have had some creepy stereotypical horror score or music going on it might have given you a different tone but i think it might have taken you out of the emotional part of this but coming around watching it the second time knowing what happened i noticed that there was a lack of score or any type of you know music trying to really you know pull at your your heartstrings kind of thing so i'm kind i'm kind of torn actually the one thing i will say though that i am confident on is that 
if this movie did have a score, it would have been super easy. I mean, watching this, you might be like on the fence, whether it's horror. I don't think anybody can confidently say, yeah, this is a hundred percent horror movie because yes, it's got horror elements. You might think it's horror, but it's not going to be your fit in a box horror movie. But I will say that this, you could hand this to somebody and within like a day, they could have this whole thing rescored and it would be, it would be freaky, scary. So that's where I'm kind of torn in that the lack of score and sound effects probably pulls you in more emotionally. But if you did add that, it would have definitely given you, given you more of that horror tone and atmosphere. All right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, man. Now that you're saying it, maybe a more dreadful atmosphere kind of soundtrack would have, helped it uh at least fit more in the camp of horror but i gotta say for what it is i think this movie is pretty horrific and right after the dad and son get get killed marcus is like we gotta hide the bodies and we gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> and they fucking flee yeah they, they flee. drag them off okay so that I was trying to figure out, like, is that a very well-known or well-marked trail? Because they drug them, like, five feet off of where Barely. they shot them. Yeah, like, I thought he was going to put them in the bushes, but he, like, just kind of threw them off the side of the trail. And I'm like, yep. okay, well. But he he he's, Marcus is later, like, we got to go bury these bodies. So that's where... He, at this point in the movie, and it makes sense as far as where their characters have come or been developed to this point, because, you know, Vaughn is, I would say, the more kind of reserved, down-to-earth good guy. Marcus is portrayed as kind of the... Hothead, you know, wild the, card. The, the wild, yeah. Because there's a, there's a good scene at the bar where Vaughn... So that bully that we meet encounters Vaughn. And Vaughn's sitting there and he's kind of, you know, I would say apprehensive. Marcus blasts in and he's a small guy, but he could tell he's, you know, he was ready to stand up for his friend and, and ready that's to me. beat that guy's ass. I'm, that's me. I'm, I'm that guy. I'll be there for you. Yeah. Oracle. Get, get Tibu a milk crate to stand on. And he's that guy. <laughs> oh. Hey, we're giving our episodes, uh, our, our, our listeners, a, a bonus this episode. Extra short <laughs> But oh, shit. so he steps in to protect his friend, but we also meet another cast of characters as well, too. But I mean, we're going to get there anyway. So their, their characters are playing out the way you would expect at this point where Vaughn is just a complete wreck. He's a mess. Marcus is the one that's kind of level headed in orchestrating how this is going to happen. So they get back in the vehicle. He's like, hey, we're going to go north. They purposely stop at this gas station just yeah. so they have an alibi. Hey, we're in the middle of nowhere. We stopped here. We bought gas. This guy knows who we are. And you know, what, you could, I want to say, though, you could tell that, that that gas station owner don't like him. He don't like yeah. him. Yeah. He knows they're up to no good. That's where I just th that is exactly playing into the idea that, hey, you know, you're an outsider fuck yep. off get out of our you're not a local kind of thing 
So he's got that whole vibe, man. The he whole does. time. Yeah. Yep. I agree. They pretend to hunt for a bit. They go back. Vaughn is just a complete mess. The acting in this is phenomenal. Phenomenal. They get back. Who do they see at the restaurant? The people they ran into the night prior. So you have basically a couple people that run the town. So this is a really small town that relies on its tourism. And when I say tourism, it's more or less it's hunting. And you find out (laughs) earlier in the movie that there hasn't been a lot of hunters coming through. So they just want to get a bite to eat and go to bed and forget everything. And they're invited to a table with basically the two guys that run the town. And you've get some pretty good dialogue here. Marcus is so upset with everything. He's eating venison. That's practically raw and the blood when he great cinematography, some great shots. Oh yes. Yes. Great. When when Marcus has to fucking run to the bathroom. No, not uh, Vaughn Vaughn Vaughn. Yep. When he has to run to the bathroom and puke and it's blood in the sink. Yes. Yep. That all of that is, I know this sounds grotesque, but it's beautiful too. It's beautifully shot and it's the, the small details that you pick up on that and the performances from everyone in, yeah. in this scene. How do you fake that you just killed a kid and their dad and then talk to these people and then it bleeds into what happens later where you find out that this is like their relatives. <laughs> I know that, I mean, there's so many layers to this. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're just, peeling layers off of an onion because everything is so connected. This movie does such a good job as far as just layering everything. Yeah. It's not, don't take it as its face value because everything in this movie is tight. It's succinct. The dialogue, the characters, they all come full circle. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, what do we get next? They go, they wake up that next or they eat dinner and they go out that night to bury yeah, the bodies. They're going to bury the fucking bodies, man. They bury the bodies. And oh, oh. they just shallow grave that motherfucking yep. shit. And there's just and there's like, disturbing scenes. Damn. He's Marcus. It's it's almost scary how. Well, they, they, they almost fight to the death in a way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's almost scary how well Marcus has this all planned out because he's pulling the bullet from the tree. And he realizes well, the other bullets not, in the head. But I don't think he's a murderer. I think he's no, just smart. No. Yeah, he is he's just got that different type of personality where you know, think about your buddy that's you know 35 years old and is still single, goes to the bars. I mean, that's that's Marcus to a T. He's very um, eloquent, I guess. He's successful too, but he's a smooth talker, is what yeah. he is. He can think on his feet. I mean, that's what you get from him, and that's what his character is. But well, yeah, because he, he he bullies uh, Vaughn into helping him, and they bury the bodies, shallow as they are, and they go back to the room. And the next morning, the locals are out there fucking cutting their tires, and that's where I was like, "What's going on?" And it's like he loaded up Kara full of co- or uh, Iona full of cocaine yeah. and. This, that, and the other, and and that, so it's that like, scene oh. played it pretty well. Where 
Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I doubt you thought that they knew they killed the kids, but you were probably confused what was going on. Right? I was confused. Yes. I didn't think, yes, exactly that. What you said, I did not think they knew that they killed people, but I was like, what's happening right now? Like I, I had no idea what they were about to be fucking doing, but that, that one guy, that's so mad and he's so mad he can't even shake hands later without being a fucking nose busting prick oh yeah so i mean let's let's back up here real quick so they wake up in the morning their jeep is out front parked like an asshole mind you right in the middle (laughs) and there's three guys out there slashing tires they go out and the movie's trying to get you to think like oh maybe they know what happened and they know what we did because you got to say we got to say real quick though logan is the guy logan is the guy that our characters have been interacting with yes he's the, the friend guy that yep logan and brian yeah. is his brother i think right i don't know the character i think it's name. brian they're the mcclays or whatever yeah. so they they do a good job as far as like you know something's up and this guy finds out he his his best friend's daughter is Iona. He knew he loaded up the coke. <laughs> you know, fucked her brains out. And he yep. slashed the tires. He headbutted them, fucked his nose up real hard. And there's some really good scenes after this. I mean, they tow the car to a repair shop. They're just getting hosed, which you would expect. Like, hey, we and know that we're the only show in town. We're gonna charge the guy, you. The guy, the guy's like, for 550, it'll be done when I say it's done. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you're meeting characters that you're going to know throughout the movie. They get the car fixed. You get some really good intimate scenes here because Marcus had to use a knife to pry a bullet out of the boy's skull, which that's where we're talking about the scene where you're like, oh, my God, you know, tensions are really high between Marcus and Vaughn. He's like, leave the boy alone. He's just a boy. Marcus is like, no, if they find him, the bullet's going to be traced right back to me. Pretty, pretty tense stuff. And then you go back and you find out, hey, guess what? Uh, your friend Logan and the other guy that runs the town are going to make them apologize. And yeah, like you're saying, grabs his nose and twists it at the table. Ooh, ooh, that was a good one. Yeah. That shit was intense, dude. They're just trying to, hey, you know what? We're going to go. Uh, they're at the bar. They were going to get some lunch. Let me buy you guys around. They're going to go back to the room and rest. And next thing you know, it's- that's when Logan comes up and he's like, help me find my nephew. And yep. Well, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're all at the festival. It's going to be like this little towns festival kind of thing. They're trying to get them to come out. Hey, you know, come out, hang out. It's a festival. We're going to drink beers. They're getting the grills and tables out. They're outside for 10 minutes. And Karen was like, Hey, Logan wants to talk to you. This is where you're like, okay, we're starting the third act because they know that the, the son and the dad are missing. You find out that they are cousins and nephews and uncles and whatever yeah. related to everybody in this town. And this <laughs> is where shit gets real. Bro. When they brought them out there and they were like, you know, like watch them and stuff like that. It's like, oh fuck, oh fuck. Yeah. And they bring a dog. They bring a dog to go sniff yes. out. 
That oh. is such an underrated scene because they're like thinking, hey, you know what? We'll be all earlier in the movie. He outright says it'll be weeks, a couple months. We'll be fine. Then they'll find the bodies. They drive out there and all of a sudden someone comes out with a fucking dog and your heart <laughs> drops and you're like, oof. Okay. You're fucked now. Okay. And they find the bot. They find the muddy. They say the earth's been disturbed here and they start digging and those motherfuckers their hands run. on their knees. It's like six people there frantically digging. Oh God. I'm going to go ahead and say that I completely. So from this, I remember this movie quite well and maybe I just blocked it out, but I do not remember, or I did not remember this movie. The last, I, I didn't remember the third act. I did not remember how it went. At yeah. all, at all. They they bring the dog out. They find the bodies. Marcus and Vaughn run, and you get some great tension, great chase scenes. But they finally get them, and now they're gonna torture them. And holy shit! Yeah, no one knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> this movie fucking goes crazy, bro. God damn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it 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 culminates with Vaughn getting caught first because the, the dog catches him, bites his leg. He can't run. Marcus takes off running. You think that, well, Marcus is gone. You know he's not out of the story, out of the movie. But you're, um, they, they might not find him until later on. Well, they, 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 they question Vaughn. Yeah, yep. It. it he tells him everything. He spills he tells everything. <laughs> what I really loved about this scene is the fact that it did a fade out where he's you you hear him telling all the details. And then I wish I could have heard the details. No, I really do. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, I do. I know how it goes in my head oh. at the end of the movie because he fades out telling the details and what I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that what he tells them is I wanted to call the cops. I wanted to call this in Marcus wanted to hide the bodies. And that's what brought us to the ending that we know of, because we didn't, if we didn't mention it by now, for those of our listeners that are not going to, and did not watch this movie from the get go, Vaughn is the good guy. He wanted to call this in. He was, the reason he was so fucked up is that Marcus wanted to try to bury everything. There's another part of this too, that I wanted to bring up is that there was a, a character shift. I would say about halfway through the movie, Vaughn started becoming the So, so after the killing of the kid and the son, Vaughn became a quote unquote weak character where he was a mess. Uh, There's even lines in the movies where Marcus is saying, hey, you're fucking this up. You're going to fucking get us caught kind of thing. Yeah. Halfway through the movie, Marcus is the one that starts losing his cool. He starts getting sloppy. And Vaughn is the one that's starting to kind of be like, okay, well, we need to keep a level head with this. And the movie does a really good shift as far as the characters with, you know, who's, who's the loose cannon and who's not. So we get to the end of the movie 
and it fades out and you don't hear Vaughn's complete confession, which I love. And I'm glad they didn't because it's one of those where your mind is going to make up a better version of it than what could be on film, in my opinion. And in my mind, he tells the exact truth as far as what happens. And that's what gets him the pity at the end, because what happens is, is they capture Marcus. So they were, they're yeah, he's, on. He, he's got to kill his. Yeah. That, that, that's the ultimate tragedy of the film. He, he has to kill Marcus. Yeah. So that, that's what happens is so you're, you're up until this point, you're like, they're fucked. They're both dead. Logan comes out and he's like, there's only one way out of this. He hands Vaughn a gun and he's supposed to kill Marcus. So that is what draws me to the conclusion that, okay, they gave him the ultimatum. They realized, yeah, he's the one that pulled the trigger. He fucked up, but to backtrack a little bit more to Tibu, it got to the point where you don't know exactly what he said. He could have pinned everything on Marcus. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where this gets a little bit dicey because you don't know what happened. I would say his character probably said that he didn't, but <laughs> also you have to keep in track in mind that this movie brought up many times. He's got a fiance. He's got an unborn child. So you know, with the shift of the, the character motivations between, you know, Marcus turning into the loose cannon and Vaughn turning into the strong level-headed character that maybe he's like, I've only got one way out of this and it's going to be you know, throwing my best friend under the bus. <laughs> That's what I love about this whole thing. But yeah, I mean, we're there, dude. We're there. He has the ultimatum. Shoot your friend or we're going to fucking murder both of you. And it's a great scene at the end. Oh, yeah. They, they could have done something where the camera pans and fades to black and you hear a shot. No, nope. but it, but it doesn't. It, it didn't. It, it, you knew this movie wasn't going to cop out. No, definitely not. Um, caliber 2018, 8.5 out of 10. I want to give it a nine almost, but. Oof. 8.75 out of 10. There you go. This movie has phenomenal performances, great story, great special effects. Everything about this movie is just tension, tension, tension. And if you watch this and you don't feel it, I don't know what to say to you. Like, you're doing it wrong. Is, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, this is fucking legit, man. This movie, you pick this. This is legit. I'm glad. I feel really bad because I kind of shat on your movie a bit. And I was like, I hope he doesn't like, you know, try to get me back with. I was really wanting. <laughs> I was really no. wanting like this. What I'll say is back in 2018, when I watched this again, savvy listeners that remember our 2018 top of the end of the year episode. This was in my top three, I believe, top five, maybe. And I gave this a nine out of 10. I said earlier on that it did drop off a little bit and it did, but not by much. And I promise you folks, Tibu and I did not talk about this, but I did also come in at an 8.75, which was written down before you mentioned your 8.75. So that is a 17 and a half out of 20. 
that's a very, very high average and check it out. I, I really feel sorry for our listeners that got to this point and didn't see it because I think that this movie's greatest, I would say, uh, I mean, it, it really, this is built on the foundation of those gut punches. It's going to hit you with as far as not knowing what to expect because you're what you're going in and you're like, Hey, they're, Keep in mind, this movie came out the same year The Ritual did, and it's very similar. It's a Scottish-British movie about people going up in the Northwoods to hunt and hike and whatever and get away, and it goes completely different directions. So, man, I loved it. Boss Tuna, 8.75. Tibu, 8.75. Tibu, anything else you want to leave us with before we wrap this up? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Hear me out, everyone. Don't ever fucking go camping in the woods unless you have, uh, what is that, like the satellite phone, right? Sat phone, yep, satellite phone, sat yep. phone. You need a sat phone. Uh, also, you need some flint. You got to set fire, all right? You don't want to get caught in there without a fire being able to be lit, I would say. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening our next episode, Mr. Boss Tuna has the old movie, quote unquote. Remember, that's 1995 and older. And yours truly, T Bizzle, T Boo, Hogzilla yeah. has the new movie. So, old movie goes first, I guess. Boss Tuna's movie this week. And make sure you check this out because I am giving you guys a deep dive, a gem. This one is called little drum roll. The Borrower from 1991. Tibu, have you seen this movie? No. Have you heard of it? I, I probably have. And at the moment, I, I honestly just don't nope. know. I don't think you have. I don't know. Nope. Fuck off. I'm going to say you haven't. Right. I, I dug deep for this one, buddy. Uh, what are you going to grace us with for our new movie, Tibu? Well, by the time that everyone hears this episode, our top 15 of 2021 will be out. That means 2021 is now in play. So I'm going to have us watch a movie from said year called Skull the Mask. If, if you like if you like horror and you like pro fucking wrestling <laughs> and you like cosmic crazy fucking slasher fun. Um, yeah. Skull the Mask. Have you seen this, Boss Tuna? I don't like pro wrestling, but I have not seen this. So I am excited. We are going from 1991 to 2021. I love that little 30 year age gap there. So boss tuna's old movie is the borrower from 1991. That's one of Ray Dong Chong and T has got the new one. Skull the mask. I believe Mr. Watson had that on his list, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep, Mr. W that's actually when, when he when he mentioned it during his appearance on Exploding Heads, I was like, fucking A, because I had seen it already at that point. And I was, well, you know, I just said fucking A. So there you go. It, right. it, it, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you go. Make sure you guys check these movies out because we'll be coming at you with our reviews of these before you know it. And with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom.
Boom. That was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> 